Hello and welcome to the Monday, June 6, 2016 edition of the Sands and Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Baltimore, Maryland. Tom Liston is back and with a great diary about a recent compromise of a MySQL honeypot. The attacker in this case used somewhat similar techniques as we have seen in some write-ups in the past that covered Unix-based MySQL honeypots, but in Tom's case, the honeypot was exposed to a Windows-specific exploit. MySQL with no or weak passwords and having it exposed to the public internet is still common enough for attackers to scan for it. Each day we see pretty consistent scans for around 2,000 different source IP addresses that are looking for MySQL servers. In Tom's case, the attacker used a number of different methods to gain persistent access to the system. The attacker dropped various files to the system and also loaded MySQL extensions to implement a MySQL command that will execute shell commands. This is a technique we have seen used before against MySQL on Unix and of course it works just as well on Windows. The root problem here, of course, is a weak configuration. It's not really a MySQL-specific problem, and similar exploits can be expected against other databases that are exposed. And actually, for example, in the case of a database like Postgres or such, you already have a execute command, so you don't actually have to implement it the way it's sort of done with its extension in MySQL. Aside from configuring strong passwords for authentication and isolating your database server from the public internet, the server should also run as a restricted user. This will effectively break some of the exploits that the attacker is attempting here. Remember that even if you isolate your database server, there's still the possibility that someone first breaks into your network and then uses lateral movement inside the network in order to attack the database server. So you still need to make sure that your database servers are secure, even if you have them firewalled off from the public internet. In the aftermath of numerous reports of TeamViewer accounts being compromised and users losing substantial amounts of money after attackers used compromised TeamViewer accounts to remote control victim PCs, TeamViewer now starts to offer additional safeguards for its systems. TeamViewer maintains that these compromises were due to poor security on the end user end. So with these improvements, TeamViewer wants to make it easier for users to keep their accounts secure. With that, TeamViewer implemented two new security features. The first one they call trusted devices. It's something you'll see from a lot of websites or such. The first time you connect to a site from a new device, you sort of have to approve that device as being trusted. Now, the second feature that TeamViewer has implemented is what they're calling data integrity. And essentially what it does is it looks for indications that an account is compromised or under attack. And if that's the case, then it will require a password reset. 
I'm not a TeamViewer user, so I don't really know what a password reset really entails. I hope it's better than just having to log in to the site. Over time, we really have to see whether or not these security measures do help prevent some of these compromises that users were exposed to recently. And ransomware is not going away. The latest version discussed by bleepingcomputer.com goes by the name of Black Shades. The ransomware operates just like others, but does have a couple of neat twists. First of all, and we've seen this in other ransomware too, it does delete shadow volume copies of files. This prevents probably the simplest method of recovering an encrypted file if you don't have any real backups. The malware itself also contains a couple of taunts against researchers trying to reverse engineer the encryption algorithm. The malware can, however, pretty simply be stopped. If you block access to ICANHASSIP.com, this is a web service that's often used to look up the victim's public IP address, and uh, this ransomware does use this particular web service and will fail if it can't reach it. Compared to other ransomware, Black Shades is a bargain in that it only charges $30 for decryption keys. And we do have some patches for the ntp.org NTP server. This software is used in most Unix systems, so you should be receiving an update for it soon. A total of five vulnerabilities in, are being patched here. They range from denial of service conditions to the ability to spoof some time servers. I don't rate this as very critical and recommend you wait for a patch from your Linux distribution if you're running Linux or wherever you got NTP from originally. And in many cases, you may already have been offered a patch. Well, and that's it for today. Thanks again for listening and talk to you again tomorrow. Bye.